Welcome to the Moms of Triathlon podcast. I'm Amy Henderson, a competitive cyclist with a triathlon background and mother of two, to Oliver, who is four, and Margo, who is two. And I'm Jen Gottschalk, a former collegiate swimmer turned triathlete. I'm an in-house commercial attorney and mama to Maddox, my two-year-old son. This week, we'll be talking about something that I've been openly mentioning here and there on the podcast, and now we're going to get to dive into it deeper, trying to conceive. But first, what's been going on with us this week? Hi, Amy. Hello. How are you, you, Jen? I'm good. It's good to see you, too. Oh my gosh, it feels like, you know, getting back into the routine. It's also yeah. funny because we only recorded like three days ago, right? So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, trying to get back a little bit ahead of our recording schedule. But this period, you know, what I've been up to, one of the big things is honestly like inspired by you, potty training Maddox. We were like, all right, Margo, it's time. We're potty training again. <laughs> okay. Okay. How's it going? It's been going pretty well, actually. I've been worried because, you know, when we did it with Margot before, she was like so ready. She wanted to be potty training and all of that and like was, you know, pooping on the potty like almost every day, even before we started trying, like really showing so much readiness. And then it, you know, our experience was that she did pretty well in the beginning and then we moved and then there was a slow decline in how well she was doing and she was having more and more accidents. And honestly, part of it is that where we live now, it's like when Cass is taking her places, it's a lot more travel time. Like, Mm. I mean, the park that's nearby is okay because they have a bathroom at the park, but it's closed for winter. So now it's like, okay, so there's no bathroom there. And then, you know, sometimes they'll take like the public transit to get places and there's no bathroom there. And so I think that was part of it. And then also just us being busy with the move and not paying attention and probably the natural regression when a big change happens. So we scratched it. And now, although she hates the diaper changes, she hadn't every time I bring up potty training or using the potty, she didn't want to. So, you know, I mentioned, okay, we're going to have to just like lay down that this is the plan and that we're shifting. And we did that and she seems like pretty okay with it, you know? So that's the good. good, the first good sign. Yeah. Um, She did have an accident yesterday. She like said she had to go or, you know, she had to go potty. She peed a little bit and then didn't poop and then 10 minutes later had a poop accident um but then again she also pooped on the potty later in the day and then this morning she woke up like first thing in the morning and like walks out of her room which is she normally doesn't even do and she goes in the bathroom which is where like me and ollie and nick all were at the time (laughs) and she's like uh you know uh like go potty or, you know, mention that she wanted to use the potty and she pulled down her pants and I got her diaper off from sleeping. Right. And she like had a morning poop. So that was good. That is good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. So I think like, you know, it's definitely still a process and we'll see how things go, but overall, 
you know, going better than I expected. That's good. That's good. I have like mixed feelings about how it's currently going for us. Oh no, really? Yeah. How did things go once you went into, once Maddox went back to school? I mean, I think it's going okay. I do think he's doing well overall, but he's like fighting me pretty hard on doing any of like the one minute tries, which we don't do a lot of because I don't want him to just be like, I don't want him to be straining or trying all the time or whatever. Like I want to have that association of like, oh, I actually need to go. So I go. Um, But we have a rule, you know, about like, we're going to sit on the potty one minute before leaving the house, for example, or like first thing when we get up in the morning for just one minute and I show him my timer and everything. I think I might've mentioned that before. I can't remember, Mm -hmm. but like first day back at daycare on Tuesday, he was fighting me so hard and then we were both having big feelings about it. And then <laughs> he did this thing where that he does when he gets mad, where he smacks himself in the head, oh. which like he hasn't done in a really long time. And then that oh. instantly created the mom guilt because I was like, my feelings were probably too big in the moment, which is then what's showing him like, I'm disappointing you or something. Cause I think that's like when he does that. Oh. And I felt so bad. And like, so anyway, I told his teacher and he hasn't had that many accidents this week, but she is experiencing that he's definitely like holding it a lot too. And I, we're experiencing that and I'm like, stop holding it. Just use the body. And it, oh the gosh. novelty, like we're off already to him or something. And it's yeah. like my mother-in-law says where it's like, she was like, I'm having a lot of fun watching him figure out how to be a two-year-old, you know, AKA push oh my boundaries gosh. and be stubborn I know. and all that. And his teacher made the point that with a lot of these kids, potty training coincides with the time in life when they're also, it's developmentally normal and appropriate to be pushing boundaries, to be practicing being stubborn. And, you know, it's up to us to still hold boundaries. They push them, you hold them, they push them. But the fact that it coincides with potty training time is like tricky. (laughs) It's so tricky. And that's why, and it's interesting too, because you know, you guys are doing it relatively early, right? Mm-hmm. Like he only just turned two, right? Like yeah. pretty recent. Yeah. And so it's, I feel like that's why it always seemed like, oh, you're supposed to do it a little earlier than maybe we at one point thought because I guess I thought maybe some of the benefit would be that they would push back less. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like they're already sort of developing that. and. It's, you know, just like we recently talked with Krista about with the feeding, potty training is the other thing. Like there's the two things that we as parents do not control. And one is what they eat. And two is like their bodily functions and going to the bathroom, you know? It's so true. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. I'm trying to remember what advice we were given because what you're experiencing with Maddox was totally what we experienced with Ollie. He would hold it. And he could hold it for so long. And so we had the same issue of saying, like, we have to try to go potty before we leave the house. We have to, you know, try it when we get home and stuff. And he would push back. And eventually I let like once we'd established things really well and he was using the potty, you know, like pretty well. Um, there was a balance one. I I'm trying to remember what I did to help him stop holding it. Cause that was a big thing. And then the other thing was that I 
eventually knew I could trust that he really could hold it and like it was okay if he waited a little longer because he actually is pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. And so then now if he really pushes back when we like now that you know he's fully potty trained if we say hey go you know can you go use the potty and he pushes back it's like okay we just have to let you do that because you haven't had an accident in a very long time like yeah, you're fine. Yeah. But it is hard in the beginning because they're really just holding it beyond what is like healthy, right? Like it's not healthy to hold hold it for so long. Yeah. I didn't get an like pre-nap time update today, but by like 10, 15, he hadn't yet peed there and he didn't pee before leaving the house here. So I was like, he hasn't peed, but since waking up and he's been awake for three hours, I was like, I pee every morning when I wake up, you know? like. Come on. So, um, yeah, it is. It's tricky. But I think your advice is good, too. On like, like, I'm going to remember that, like, we're not quite there yet since he's so early in it. But the remembering as he gets better at doing it and just being like, OK, he he can hold it. And he's telling me he doesn't have to go. Like, we're going to ride that out a little, <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. But, yeah. Yeah. I know. I'm trying to. <laughs> I know. I'm definitely going to look into if I can remember because we talked to his pediatrician about the holding it and they gave some really helpful advice. But of course, I can't remember it anymore. So. Yeah, yeah, totally. totally. Yeah. <laughs> we, I do think we went into, especially when he was, you know, having the n- normal issues of pooping and was holding it. We totally started allowing screen time on the potty for pooping, you know, mm, just yeah. to encourage that because... It's necessary. Yeah. yeah. I know that so. last night, when was it? Was it, maybe when I was working out and he was hanging out with my in-laws and my brother-in-law. Um, and I came back in and then it was either that or I ran an errand. I can't remember. But they were like, he peed on the potty while you weren't in here. And I was like, Oh, okay, great. Like, what were the circumstances? Because I was curious. Like, did Maddox initiate? Did you were you suggesting it? And they were they were like, he really wanted a bag of fruit snacks and Colby told him to give him fruit snacks. <laughs> I was like, okay, so it was a bribery fee. Good to know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> like yeah. keeping track of what works, what doesn't. <laughs> like, I know. How's it going? So, yeah. 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 It's really, it is pretty funny when the issue becomes, or like, it's just, that was not the issue I expected, you know? Yeah. So, well, tricky. here's a question for you, not to like take too much more time on this topic, but... Um, tomorrow we will, Maddox and I will be road tripping two and a half hours to my parents' place. Um, and I'm going to get, I think my plan is going to be to get him just before they would do nap time there instead of leaving work, like, you know, between the three and four o'clock hour and leaving work early. And then he will have just napped for a couple hours and then he'll be in a car seat for a while. I think I'm going to instead do that. And then if I always need to jump back on work between like three and five when I get over there, I can, but because we are putting him back in a diaper for nap time, do I put him in a diaper for that two and a half hour car ride? Like, what do I do? Okay. Thank you. You I didn't know what to do. (laughs) In, you know, the potty training method I followed, um, basically there's, you know, night, night undies, which are diapers and travel undies, which are diapers. So on planes, on long car rides, when Ollie was new to potty training, I said, Oh, these are, we're going to wear travel undies, you know, and it just, you sort of draw the line of like, this is different. So it's okay. Got it. 
Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for clearing that one up. For me. Yes, totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially like you're saying, when you think it's likely they're going to sleep during that time, then like, yeah, definitely like he's, you do. It's funny because one of the signs that he was ready to potty train was that he was waking up from naps dry a lot. But now that he's holding oh, it and doing yeah. these things, he's waking up. He has had one or two dry naps, which we were like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But most of the time he's waking up wet again from nap time, which yeah, totally, totally makes sense. Because yeah. he's holding it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and because he's used to peeing in a diaper. Yeah. yeah. And I think, like, this is going to be interesting with Margot because – so she's not napping anymore, but we still are doing quiet time where she's in her room alone. And so we're, you know, Cass is putting her in a diaper for that time so that, you know, like we don't have to be monitoring her because she's early potty training. So even then, even though she's not sleeping, we're still having that period. And then the the interesting thing is that next week we actually, this is exciting, are signed up for the infant swim rescue classes Ooh, with right. margo yeah. so for six weeks 10 minutes every day monday through friday we have to take margo to the pool and she's gonna do the infant swim rescue and of course you know it's a little bit older of an age to start but the instructor has said you know they meet kids where they're at and they work with them and their job is to find the different way that works for those kids and the thing with margo is like we've been doing swim lessons for a few months now that are one-on-one with the teacher she likes And she just doesn't want to put her face in the water. Mm -hmm. And we've tried a lot of different things. And basically, and he even was like, oh, you know, maybe ISR would be good. We'd brought up that idea. And I think at first he was like, I don't know. But then he sounded like, yeah, maybe it would be good because I'm not really making progress with her. And I'm definitely worried about her. Um being I don't know like turned off from the water or struggling and like okay we know the first few classes like she's probably going to be crying she's probably going to be upset I don't know what it's going to look like I can report back but for anyone who doesn't know ISR is like often it's taught for like young babies almost like six months and up maybe right Mm -hmm. and they teach them through essentially like correction you know whatever like type of conditioning things they're probably using how to roll over onto their back and float and then get to the side of the pool so if they were Mm -hmm. to fall in the pool they can save themselves and then it it builds up from there because like i said they meet kids where they're at it's you know it can be used for kids of all of like up to six maybe i don't know um we considered it for ollie but he's making such good progress with his swim lessons that we're like you know we don't think we need that for him so anyway so on the way so essentially i have to take Margo with me to pick Ollie up from school and then get right to the pool. And then it's going to be like her time for her 10 minutes. So that's essentially going to be like an hour from, you know, our door to the pool Mm -hmm. with a baby who's been potty training, you know, by Monday, it'll be like seven days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, Cass was even asking me, like, what are you going to do for that? Are you going to have her in a diaper? And like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to make sure I bring a bunch of extra clothes, of course, and maybe put in one of the like, we have like puppy pads that we use for as change pads when we travel with kids, put that in our car seat and like, you know, of course, try to have her use the potty right before we go and see how we do. And then... If that doesn't work, then yeah, we'll probably 
And of course, like we could use the potty at Ollie's school, but you know how hard it would be if we get her to use the potty before we leave the house and then being at his school and being like, okay, now use the potty again. Yeah. 20 minutes later, like that's not going to happen. Yeah, totally. totally. (laughs) But then you might run into the window where it's like, but then it's a little bit too far. So yeah. Yeah. That'll be a conundrum. (laughs) Yeah. I'll be excited to hear the update on that, but I think your plan is good to have her. Yeah. Use the potty at home, have extra stuff. I think I believe yeah. in her. You can do it, Marty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jen, how how's other stuff been going for you this week? It's been fine just back. I mean, I shouldn't even say back to work because I didn't really take extra days other than like the holidays that we were given, really, but kind of feels still different because there's a lot more people online and meetings happening more regularly again. So back to work, I guess. And then um, Max back at daycare. My um, mother and father-in-law left this morning. My brother-in-law is going to go work for my dad. So um, I've loved having everyone here. But there is something I just enjoy about being alone in my house during the work day. So I am looking forward to that as well. Um, Yeah. It's like going back to like, you know, the coming out of the COVID, uh, you know, quarantine or whatever when everyone was at home and people were home alone and it's like there really is something nice about being home alone (laughs) yeah yeah and like I'm so thankful for the timing because now Maddox has really bonded with those grandparents as well and like more of Devin's family generally which is so nice um because I think they would like hear him ask for and for and about my my parents you know but like this morning they were already at the heading to the airport when he got up and like he asked for them immediately and I was like he's gonna ask for you guys I'll FaceTime you like it'll be he'll know like going forward he'll literally know who you are like he'll never not again you know what I mean yeah totally yeah yeah so that's been mostly it and then I guess just like in line with some of our like 2024 resolutions or goals or intentions or whatever you want to call them I am doing a whole 30 this month. So I started on January 2nd. So it goes through the end of January. Um, just as like a reset for me. It helps me like, uh, you know, for a few re- Like it helps with gut health for me. It helps as just a, a reset that like forces me to analyze what my habits are. Um, and I always feel like after a whole 30, you t- like you carry some things forward, right? Like, after Whole30, I might be like, I miss cheese and cheese doesn't upset my stomach. Thankfully, I'm going to eat cheese again. But you know what? Like I really can go without creamer in my coffee or I really can go without, I don't even know some other examples. Like we pretty healthy overall, but it just like helps me analyze, gives me a good digestive reset. And I think will help carry me into just like some of my goals and plans for the year. And I also think with like, you know, we'll be getting into our main topic soon, but with trying to conceive and all that, like everything I do to make myself feel like I'm health being healthier right now, I think makes me feel better about that journey a little bit too. So yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. We'll definitely get into it because it is that feeling of like, there's so much a lack of control in one area. So it's really yeah. nice to control other things and to control things that are like really healthy and good for you. Yeah. Well, and I've made these delicious egg scrambles for breakfast every day this week so far, and they don't have a handful of shredded cheese in them, which (laughs) 
Like, I just love cheese. And yeah. they've been really delicious all week. So it makes me analyze things like that, too, is like, do I need to put a handful of cheese in my egg scramble? Probably not. You know, like, if I want to do it occasionally, sure. But, like, does it have to be a regular thing? No. You know? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. just add a few extra veggies, some extra protein. Was, yeah. I don't know. It's good. Feeling yeah. good about it. <laughs> yeah. I think I struggle with food stuff in that... I don't, I struggle to be like, what is healthy? What is not healthy? Like, because we think about food as fuel, right? So then I can justify eating whatever crap and carbs and like, oh, it's carbs, (laughs) right? I'm like, it's carbs. Like I'm eating cinnamon toast crunch at like 10 PM right before bed. It's carbs. Like it must be good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I, (laughs) and I think some of that comes into like, when you hear those people that talk about intuitive eating and stuff Mm -hmm. and like talk about like don't ignore cravings completely, but like have them in moderation. And I don't know, there's so much more to analyze there, you know, I know, I know, um, (laughs) I know it's, yeah, it's interesting, but I feel good about it. I like to do about a whole 30, like once a year. Um, so this is, I'm doing mine right, right off the bat this year. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. As a quick update, my, our month of January for my oh, yeah. New Year's resolutions is going to we Nick and I are both focusing on spending less so that is you know the goal for this month and then um additionally I was thinking like okay that's sort of cutting something out so then I can also pair that with something that is like a little bit more of adding some, like spending extra time on something because they don't mm-hmm. really conflict, you know, so I can sort of do both at once and it doesn't feel overwhelming. And we'll see how well this goes. But essentially, you know, the scrapbooking one that I have where it's oh, like, yeah. I want to try regularly scrapbooking. Okay, I haven't done anything with that yet. But my thought is, oh, maybe if I do something once a week, but I want to start it now because if I like it, I would rather do it through the whole year and not yeah. like try it in a few months. And then I'm like, okay, well, now I'm already behind. Yeah, so yeah. that's going to, I'm going to, we'll see. Um, but I think that's going to be my goal of yeah. the scrapbooking a little bit also. So maybe you'll find so, like a little routine with it or something. Yeah, exactly. Cause I'm like, you know, really it could be something that's like do it at the end of every week or every other week or just the end of the month. Like, I feel like it just needs a period where you like spend a little bit of time and then yeah. it's regular, you know? Yeah, so, totally. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Well, let's get into our main topic. So this week, we are going to be talking about a very big topic related to pregnancy and all of that world, which is trying to conceive. TTC, as Jen has (laughs) sent me in text, which I had to Google, but if you're on the pregnancy uh, boards and stuff, you know, they have all these acronyms. Like, it's, it's fun. I love it. Um, and I'm going to start right now by giving the disclaimer, like we are not doctors, we are sharing our personal experiences and, you know, they may relate to others and they may not. And of course, this is an incredibly sensitive realm and, you know, we will definitely talk about some of the things that make it so sensitive, but just want to put out there, like, you know, I don't know, just all the good Good hopes and wishes for everyone listening. And I know that this is a really hard topic for many, many people. 
Um, And Jen, you know, one of the reasons like we want to talk about this now is because I know it's something that you are going through right now, but like, it's not easy. It is a struggle. So tell us a little bit about, you know, I don't know how you're doing and how things are going. Where we're at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm currently in another one of those acronyms I learned, which is TWW, two-week wait. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. (laughs) I had to Google that when a friend texted it to me one time. And I was like, oh yeah. Um, Like typically for most people, even if the front part of your period varies in length, and again, thank you for the disclaimer Mm. at the top of this, (laughs) I'm not a doctor, but typically that might vary woman to woman, but consist like decently consistent is ovulation to period time in most women is like around oh, the two week mark interesting okay so it's the two week wait from when you ovulate to get to getting your period or maybe getting a positive pregnancy test right so i'm in that right now on what would be like our fifth cycle i think post miscarriage and the tricky thing is that because i initially got my iud back out last october even though I had a very short pregnancy in the miscarriage, I feel like we've been trying to have a baby for over a year now, right? Like yeah. that feels like uh, just stressful and like just not at all. Even if you went into it being like, oh, you can't plan the timing. I would have been shocked if someone told me 14 months ago that I not only wouldn't have a child yet, but wouldn't be <sighs> pregnant I would be like there's no way right yeah seriously yeah so that's like you know that's where we're at this since the miscarriage and since especially knowing because even before the miscarriage this time around for me it took six months to have that pregnancy um so you know since then it was very much like we're going to be intentional (laughs) like we didn't want to wait anymore so now we really don't want to be waiting anymore So we've been doing like the ovulation sticks. I think maybe not that very first cycle back post miscarriage, but otherwise we have been. Um, And then like when last cycle I ended up ovulating while I was visiting Whitney in Minnesota. Oh my God. Which is so frustrating. So then after that, which was very beginning of December, we made the pact to not knowingly be apart at that time oh, of the month either. Yeah. Um, which has been such an adventure already, Amy. <laughs> we're only like one cycle into that because so the other tricky thing for me is my cycles are very irregular. So since yeah. and they have been most of my life, but they since the miscarriage, they started off being like, Oh, am I gonna be like consistent? This is weird. But it was like 29 days, 30 days, 29 days, and then it was like 36 days, 32 days, 36 yeah. days. So I'm like, Ugh. I don't know, you know, when I'm going to ovulate. I can't even like narrow it down that much. So like even more important to use the sticks. But so last month when I thought I would literally ovulate before my trip and then I didn't ovulate till day 22 of my cycle Ugh. and had a 36 day cycle. So then this month we're looking ahead. I'm looking at my calendar and Devin left town last night um, and he's going to be gone till Sunday. So I was like, there's this five day period coming up. And I was like counting oh and I was gosh. like, oh no, I'm going to have to go with him. I'm like, oh, we even no. arranged with my parents that I would like oh, go because I was like, that's going to be days 20 to 24, you know, of my cycle. And then lo and behold, I got a peak on day 16. And I was like, 
Okay. And there was still a small part of me that was like, do I go on this trip? Because I'm like, what if it's not accurate or what if, you know, yeah, all these things. But I looked back at my last several cycles and I have gotten my period every single time, 14 days after I get my peak result. Wow. Um, which might mean that it's 13 days after I ovulate. Cause like, I don't know if I'm ovulating on that same day or the next day, yeah. but it's like right there. Right. So I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to trust this because it's like, he's driving. He drove to Vegas last night and he's working in Vegas for two days. And part of it was like, oh, I could go with him because I can work from anywhere. Right. Yeah. And, but then he's driving from Vegas to Phoenix because we're picking up a, a fun ATV thing for our future, getting back into adventures that we like, sand dunes and riding and all that. Then he'll be driving all the way from Phoenix back to Reno. And so I was like, I don't want to do all that road tripping if I don't have to, right? So I decided not to go with him. But so that's like our latest thing now is like no being apart. And my parents, like basically I was like, TMI, this is what we want. And they're like, amazing. okay. And so they are basically going to be on call for like Devin's Vegas trips, like any of it, which is like really nice of them. But hopefully maybe we're pregnant. Maybe I'm pregnant right now and we don't even know it. Um, But that's, yeah, you know, that's where we're at. And it's, I have days where I'm able to be a little more patient and I can be a little more positive and. You know, I already know this and a few people have said this to me and it is a good reminder, but it can sometimes be hard, I think, in the moment. But I think you'll really will feel it when one day you have that child and they're born. Everyone says to me, like, you're going to meet your next child and you're going to be like, it was always supposed to be you. Like, you know, I know it gets me like. I know. I'm like already so emotional in this podcast. Like, (laughs) But yeah, so everyone says that, right? Says that you know, you'll meet your baby one day and you'll just know, like, it was always meant to be you. You were always going to be my baby. And that's why this was the time or whatever. And I do believe that, like, I believe one day that will happen and I will feel that way, but it's still hard sometimes in the moment. Right. And like, yeah, being patient is hard. And I know that's something you mentioned before too, right? Like, I know you were saying when you were like, wanting to have a second child and p- some people in your life, like Allie being one of them, were trying for a baby. You wanted to like do it at the same time or it took you a little longer. And that was hard. Yeah. And I was looking back, first of all, it was really hilarious opening up like the flow app, which is what I used for tracking my period and ovulation and stuff. And it's like, you're 608 days late on your period. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause I haven't tracked it since, you know, before I had last baby or whatever yeah um but so you know looking back at that like basically you know I got my IUD out May 27th and for me it was essentially five months of trying and it's really funny too because I know that I sent this message to my doctor and I looked back at that too and that was like the start of October and I sent her a message where I was like, do you have any tips for getting pregnant while breastfeeding? Like I've been trying for a few months and it's not happening. And I was really stressed about it. And of course, you know, you can probably guess what she said, which is basically until it's 12 months, like it's not a, considered a problem or an issue, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like every month feels like such a disappointment and like such a long time. 
and like so much buildup and then you know you're waiting and then you find out and it's so disappointing and even when you get that disappointment you then have to wait two weeks to even like try Mm -hmm. and then you have two weeks of not knowing and like it really is it is a like (laughs) I always want to use the expression you know of like bad expressions but (laughs) no it is mentally difficult like it's so hard yeah well and like I was thinking about it and I'm like I get in my head and I play with the numbers and I'm like well if I start averaging 36 days cycles oh. then I only have 10 chances every year to try oh, to yeah instead of seriously 12 or something and I'm like I literally am at a disadvantage here like what the heck is <laughs> yeah. going on um yeah and I think too I think for me it's that cyclical weight too that is almost more stressful than like I don't know if there's other things in life you wait for sometimes but you either you don't know when you're going to get the answer or you know, and then you'll have an answer. And this is like right. so cyclical. It's like, okay, this many weeks, I can do nothing about it. Then we're trying. Okay, and then I have to wait this many weeks. Okay, I got my period. Now that we start all over again. It's like, yeah, that it really pain. is. Yeah, like a, the Sisyphean task where it's just like over and over. Like, yes, the disappointment too. And then, you know, with that like two week wait period, for one, my first pregnancy, you know, I got my IUD, I got my period right away. And then I got pregnant that first try with ovulation sticks. And that time, my experience with the pregnancy symptoms, I, I remember going on a bike ride and I was so thirsty and I was like, I must be pregnant. And then also, I think earlier that same day, I could like really smell the ketchup for our (laughs) breakfast. And I was like, I must be pregnant. And so I had that feeling of like, oh, I I really think I'm pregnant. And then I was. So it was confirmed, even though, of course, I knew like, okay, I've only had this one experience. So then come to the second time. Every single thing that we've experienced, like in our body, like I still think I'm pregnant. I'm on an IUD. I've taken pregnancy (laughs) tests. Like I feel like I'm pregnant all the time. Well, because the symptoms of pregnancy are like normal daily things, you know, like, oh, my stomach's a little upset. Yeah, or they're the same as PMS symptoms. And so yes. you're like, are my boobs tender? And then it's like, Google, you could be pregnant or getting your period. And it's like, oh, I felt a little cribby. You could be pregnant or getting your period. Oh, yeah, or, exactly. Like just all these different things. And it's like, uh, so it's hard to like analyze. But and like Devin's done that event where he'll be like, I don't know. I'll get something on the fridge and I'll be like, it smells weird. I'll be like, no, it doesn't. I'll be like, yes, it does. And he'll be like, are you pregnant? And then I'm like, oh, maybe. And then, you know, you get your hopes up too. Cause you're like, what the yeah. heck? <laughs> yeah. So I had to, I was like going through that each month thinking, you know, as I was trying to get pregnant with Margot, like, oh, like I think I'm pregnant. And so I really had to bring that back and just be like, no, I have no idea. We'll find out, but try my best to like, think less about it and then you get to the point of when do you take the pregnancy test I was just gonna (laughs) ask you like are you someone who waits for the missed period date to go by or are you like oh these tests now say you know within five days of missed period it's accurate I'm gonna take it now or six days or whatever Yeah, I feel like I was genuine. I would try to wait as long as I could, especially when it became not getting pregnant, not getting pregnant, Mm -hmm. like try to wait longer. And then 
it was it's just so hard, you know, the waiting. So I would inevitably take a test at least a day or two early. But obviously, the closer you get to the missed period yeah. date, like the more accurate it is. So then even when it's negative four days before, you think, well, I still don't really know. Yeah. You know, and so that's just extending it. And yeah, that's hard too. But I don't know. I've historic like with my pregnancy with Maddox, um, I the two cycles, because we got pregnant in the second cycle, I waited till the day of a missed period both times. Mm, okay. Um, or well, I didn't test the first cycle actually. I was going to test Christmas morning. Oh. Um, and then Christmas Eve late, my period came. Um, and so like I hadn't done any tests leading up to that and I didn't miss my period quote unquote until the 24th. So like 25th actually would have been two days late. Right. I see. Um, supposedly again, mine are irregular. So it's really a guess I'm basing it off. Like I use the P tracker app and I was, I would base those dates back that time on, um, like what it was estimating might be my cycle or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, knowing the thing about the 14 days, that's been pretty consistent now. Now I know that. Yeah. Now you know. Yeah. Yeah. Now I (laughs) wouldn't even see what day it estimates because I think when it estimates, it's just taking an average from my like previous six months or something like that. Okay. So now I would just do it on the 14th day or or 15th day or something. But my set, that second month of trying, yeah, I think I waited until it was like the day that I technically, my period is now missed. Like I'll take a test or whatever. Um, but in this process of trying and it taking so much longer, I definitely have been someone who sometimes takes one a little earlier. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I'm sick of waiting. Yeah. Um, but I haven't done that the last few cycles. Cause it was the first two cycles back post miscarriage. I think I was like really sad when I got like, um, uh, you know, negative tests negative only to test. get my period then yeah. the next day too. Like I almost would yeah. rather just gotten my period, you know? Yeah, you're holding on to hope, but you're bummed already, but you're not sure. Um, yeah. This cycle, I think 14 days after I got my peak is like the day after Devin's birthday. So I think I'm going to take it on his birthday and see. Oh, yeah. And one of the things that I experienced with while I was trying to get pregnant with Margo is that there was, you know, one of one of the cycles where I... I don't remember exactly like how many days before, you know, the expected missed period date or like period date was going to be, but I'm sure it was a couple days before. And I went out on this bike ride. I remember I was like doing hill repeats at the hill near my house and I was on the ride and I was like, I'm going to get home and I'm going to take a pregnancy test. I have to take a pregnancy test. I must be pregnant. Like, or I don't know. I just like needed to know. And so I go home and also like, I was a little bit, I was like fairly dehydrated after biking and probably not drinking enough and whatever. And cause like, I don't, so my pee was pretty like condensed. I felt, you know, which I don't know how yeah. much that impacted what happened next, but essentially, you know, I took, I peed on the pregnancy test and there was a very faint line and you know what they say with pregnancy tests if there's a line it's a positive like yeah false negatives are so uncommon and so I was very excited I was still a little hesitant I was like okay but I was so geared up I was like that's just because this is the afternoon and it is probably a few days early and so of course the line gets darker and darker as you know you go as you get closer to the period date and then beyond and whatnot and so 
I went to bed that night like, ooh, tomorrow is Christmas morning. Like I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have a darker line and I'm going to have certainty and I'm going to feel so good. And there was still a line, but it was fainter in the first pee of the morning. And then maybe even the next day, like I feel like there was maybe a couple like that where like the line was getting fainter and then sure enough, like it was gone. And I think that's what they talk about when they talk about these like chemical pregnancies. Like I don't actually remember or know like what that really means, but I don't think that I think my body was a little bit confused. I don't think that I had an egg that was fertilized. So wait, so is this Christmas of 2020? Oh, when I said Christmas morning, oh. I mean because <laughs> I the was like, feeling. wait, this timeline is confusing. Oh my gosh, okay. yeah. Yes, yeah, no, okay, as okay. an expression, it I was like, felt like both a, it felt like the. No, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, that is confusing. <laughs> yes, okay, I but got you know you. what I, I mean, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I was just absolutely. like, oh yes, like tomorrow I get to wake up and I get to confirm, and then I don't have to like feel yeah. unsure. And then totally. I was like, oh shit, like wait. Now I'm even less sure. And then sure enough, like it went away and I got my period. So I think that was just straight up like the chemical type pregnancy. I think it was a weird shift in hormones. That's pretty rare. Yeah. And normally you wouldn't even, you know, notice it. And really it's just, it's, it's just when you're getting your hopes up, like we're talking about, like, this is, yeah. (laughs) I've had one friend that's had, I think a chemical pregnancy as well, because similar thing. She was like testing, seeing a faint line and her period was a few days late, but then it came and she's, but she was one who was like, I'm like clockwork. So she's like, it had to be something going on because it doesn't make sense that I was like a little bit late and like that I got that faint line. So then yeah. she's like, I think it might've been a chemical pregnancy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So that can definitely happen too. But yeah, yeah. I think the hard thing with that period of waiting also as athletes is like, we, I mean, we want to plan, you want to have your season planning, you want to have an idea. And so when you, when we're thinking about trying to plan to get pregnant, it's not just trying to plan the pregnancy. It's trying to plan your like athletic pursuits and the future based on it. So sometimes like, especially with me, it's like, I want to get pregnant as soon as I can. So I can be back to training as soon as I can. And then when you're trying to get pregnant, you're like, well, how much do I like, I'm going to get pregnant anyway. And then I'm going to lose my fitness anyway. So how much do you try to maintain it? But then if you let it go too soon and it's not working out, like it's, it's a little bit of a stressful situation. Totally. And I feel that so much because basically I got my IUD back out, like two months after Ironman Alaska and just was in this mindset of like, I'm not going to worry about more triathlons right now because we're totally going to have another baby. And then we'll like decide when to do more after that. And I feel like I, I I don't think I would have changed. Like I, I really wasn't going to do another Ironman again last year or anything, (laughs) but I feel like I missed out on like maybe staying in stuff enough to do some of them, do more local sprints, do more, like open water swims do there's so many local races in Florida that before we moved, I feel like I missed out on that all because this whole time I thought I was like planning for something, you know? Yeah. And it's like such a bummer. And I know they say you can't plan these things and don't plan around them, but that's so easy to say in theory. And then you're like, okay, but races cost money. And like, 
you know, all that as well. So you're like, I'm just going to sign up for a bunch of stuff willy nilly. Exactly. I agree. And I know I've had a friend who was trying to get pregnant and having difficulties and, you know, a lot of different stuff. And at a certain point was like, hey, would you want to do this half marathon with me like this fall if I'm not pregnant by then? And it's just like needing to have something so that you're it's essentially like not putting all your eggs in one basket. Right. And I think that that even if, you know, it's never going to happen or like, honestly, you really hope it doesn't happen (laughs) because you hope you're pregnant. It's like at a certain point, it's like that self-preservation mentally of like, let me just do this. And I think one thing that's hard is that a lot of people, you know, like you, me, like you don't start to do that until, you know, you realize like, oh, shoot, like that you need to right? that, like it's taking a little bit longer. And so you're trying to find ways to cope with that mental difficulty. And then like you're saying, I mean, if you've already missed a big period of time that you could have been doing stuff, or if you like backed off of your training a bunch, you know, and whatever, like, it's just, it can be really frustrating. So, yeah, no. And that's something I've been thinking about going into this year, um, is like, cause I have, you know, my friend Chelsea, she is going to be doing Ironman 70.3 Louisville this next year. And where she's originally from so she wants like a group of girlfriends like you know other people she's raced with before like let's go do this race let's all be there together and we talked recently on the phone and she's like do you want to sign up and I was like I don't know I really hope I'm like seven or eight months pregnant by then you know I think it's August yeah but the thing then you know we were chatting like Iron Man does have uh like deferral Deferral policy and all of that now for that um, but then I was like, okay, I got to like reread it what it is though, because I also said I wasn't going to do Ironman races within one year postpartum next time, you know? Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, even if it's a 70.3? Yeah, maybe I would. Maybe I would. Probably I would. Let's be honest. But I did want, yeah. I did 70.3 at what? Seven-ish months postpartum. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so you know, you know it yeah. could be. It could be more than that months wise too, if I were yeah. to get pregnant sooner rather than later. Well, Jen, didn't also... you write the didn't you write the deferral <laughs> language? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but I'm also like to your point, is like maybe I need to be channeling my energy and my time into something else that brings me joy while I wait for this to happen. And so, and like heaven forbid, what if August comes and I'm not pregnant? You know, I won't have wanted to like miss a whole, especially now that I live in a place of the real winters, I'm not going to want to miss like a whole summer of training and bracing and like figuring out the local Reno scene is like, or I viewed it as too, if I started like even slowly, like I always said, even if I wasn't quite coming off, you know, training for Ironmans the way I was when I got pregnant with Maddox. Like I'm really proud of the fact that I did a triathlon 17 months pregnant with Maddox. It'd be fun to do like a sprint again in the first trimester if I'm feeling good enough to next time. So I'm like, well, I can't wait till you're pregnant to get in triathlon shape. (laughs) Start now. (laughs) So, um, so then, you know, so then I think about some of those things too, but 
It is hard. There's this sense of you can't help it because you know that once you get pregnant, you know approximately what that timeline looks like. So you think in these like nine month increments every cycle of like, well, yeah. nine months from now, I might be like with a newborn or nine months from yeah. now. Or even my family was talking about Christmas 2024. And I was thinking about logistics for Devin and I. And I was like, well, maybe I'll be in the middle of a parental leave. And so it really won't matter work-wise oh for my me. Gosh. But then it's yeah. like, don't want to get your hopes up either. I but know. you just think in these like increments. Totally. And, but then that increment, that nine months gets that 40 weeks, whatever, it gets pushed shifting out. And shifting. And then yeah. you're like having, yeah, it's a lot of mental gymnastics because then you rewrite it. And it's because, I mean, it really, in the end, like, it really impacts your life whenever the baby is born and what month yeah. it is. And, you know, like you're saying, the parental leave and all those things. Yeah. But until, you know, and it's and it's fun to like, I'm like that. I like having a vision. I like knowing yeah. what's coming. And so it's really hard because it's one of those things where you just don't. And so you have to plan for multiple futures at once and also try to maybe like let go of some of that. But I'm wondering, I mean, would you still like one of Jen's things for the year, right? is the traveling with friends mm -hmm, and stuff mm -hmm. like would you still go to the race if you were mm. you know obviously not like nine months like yeah. eight <laughs> months pregnant necessarily but you know right. if you're like at a good point in your pregnancy and go see people so could you still put it like mentally in your mind yeah I mean that's definitely a possibility for sure um I'd have to probably factor in a few things like who's going and where do I like is Louisville if I'm not racing a place that I want to go visit really, yeah exactly and maybe it is I'm not saying it's not I'm just saying like these yeah. are the things I'd be like, and how would know, it feel analyzing. if everyone else is racing and you're yeah. not like you know yeah. so yeah, yeah there's a lot to consider but there I do is. like the idea of putting something on your calendar and again even just like if you start I don't know. I don't want to yeah. <laughs> build up your like start training for it and whatever. And then it's like, okay, now like, you know, I don't know. Stuff starts to get stressful because yeah. it's not like training is easy. Well, and you're <laughs> so, like, oh, once I hit commit is when I'm going to get that positive pregnancy. <laughs> like, that's know. what's going to happen. You know? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which would be great. But like, that's, exactly. how I, that's what I exactly. feel like that's what it'll be. <laughs> yeah. And that's always what they say, right? It's like once you release the stress of like all the trying and you're like, okay, like, you know, I mean, it sort of comes up with adoption sometimes and things. So yeah. I don't know. Well, Maybe so you should speaking, sign up for an Ironman. Sign yeah. up for a 70.3. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that part, the stress, did you ever feel like the weight of that um, when it came to like literally like you and Nick interacting and like trying, right? Well, what I remember, what you were making me think of there is the stress there was another meta layer on top of feeling stressed about not getting pregnant, which was worrying, is my stress level making it less likely totally. that I'm going to get pregnant? So then you're like, okay, I need to bring this down. And then you're sort of blaming yourself. And that is definitely a hard place to be in and try to like let go of that. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of me and Nick... I mean, it comes up so much in our life where I'm like yeah. stressed and then I'm like less nice to him. So yeah. 
<laughs> I think I've got a lot, a lot, a lot better, but yeah. definitely like that, you know, is just, of course, like so common that I'm trying to think specifically about the pregnancy thing, but yeah. Is that how you feel like it's been for you? Yeah. I mean, without getting like, I mean, the whole topic can be considered yeah. TMI for some people or whatever, but like without getting into the nitty gritty, I feel like, um, if I were to like put it as uh, simply as I could, like say in our normal lives, Devin's a little bit more of an initiator than I am. I feel uh-huh. like because I'm aware of the timing, then I'm like trying to initiate, but then he knows why I'm initiating. And I do oh. think even if he's not admitting it, that he's then feeling a little bit of pressure and like, yeah. that's not how you want to feel like when you're trying to do no. the deed. So then it's like, I'm not, I don't think we've had any major struggles by any means in that regard, but I do just feel like we feel the weight of it a little bit. Yeah. Um, because it's like, even if I try to like isolate him a little, cause yeah. I want to keep it seeming as natural. It's like, he knows <laughs> or whatever. And like, yeah, I feel like there's just a little bit of pressure around that. And I try, I try my best to not analyze like, well, how often do we do it? How much do we do it? Did we, for sure hit the right day. It's like, obviously, you know, that's part of the point of using the test is to analyze those things. But like, (laughs) you're saying you don't want your stress levels to rise. And like, I have been someone who I feel like every month I add on a new thing that I'm doing like, well, this is supposed to be good for conception. So like, let me give this a go. So it's like, you know, using the strips and stuff. And then um, like, I'm someone who during this entire period, but like, especially um, around certain parts of each month, but some months I just haven't at all, like majorly decreased all alcohol consumption. Cause I'm like, that's supposed to help. The most recent is this last cycle. Devin's now starting to decrease and not that either of us were heavy drinkers, but yeah, yeah. he definitely enjoys a beer most nights. And I'm literally like, can you please like, I don't, I just don't want, what I don't want is to get to a point where we do actually need to start talking to doctors or specialists. And they're like, well, we need you to try these five <laughs> things before we can really analyze what's going on here or something. And I don't yeah. know if that's like exactly how it would or wouldn't go, but I would yeah. hate for them to be like, fill out this questionnaire about your oh, alcohol intake yeah. and your caffeine intake and all these things. And they're like, yeah, you need to not do all that first or something. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I um, am someone who kind of like, does some of those things. And I'm curious, Amy, if you've ever heard of this, because this is something I've seen online that I'm considering doing next cycle for not pregnant now, which is taking Mucinex during your fertile window. Oh my gosh. Because no, I've never Mucinex heard loosens mucus. <laughs> and what people are saying and they're doing studies about is it, it doesn't, it doesn't know what mucus to loosen. It can loosen all mucus in the body, which can make like sperm get to where it needs to go easier if the mucus isn't as thick, basically. Wow. That's very interesting. Isn't Never it? Never heard and of that. Again, like totally not doc- <laughs> not a doctor. Yeah. But I've been researching it and like I've seen women on forums who are saying my doctor told me to try that, you know? Um, I think it's, I think based on my research that it's one of those areas that there's not enough studies yet. Mm -hmm. So there is kind of like no medical definitive. Yeah, that does help or no, it doesn't. But I think some doctors are saying like, it's worth a try because we don't know yet. Right. It's not going to harm you basically. But you need to stop taking it when you're pregnant for sure. So you only take it during your fertile window basically. Yeah. Um, 
But literally, I'm like, do I do that next month? Should I give it a go? Why wouldn't I try it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Huh? So, you know? Never yeah. know. Yeah. That's where we're I mean, at. that feels like it's good logic, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, getting into some of, like, one of the other big, very obvious t- things within this umbrella of a topic for our podcast is that question of the ability to get pregnant while training. Right. And I think like, of course there's a whole variation of like how much people are training and what they're doing. But I know like I've definitely talked to friends who have wondered about this. And, you know, I think a lot of us have thought about it of just like, if the training volume is too high even if you're getting your period, because of course there's, you know, on the one hand, especially for endurance sports, like there can be some, you know, things that cause women to stop having their period, you know, often like low body fat and maybe not feeling well enough. And, you know, we know more and more about that um, these days, but so, you know, of course there's that, but then even beyond that, like, I've definitely wondered, even if you're getting your period, what, impact could the training have on getting pregnant and could it make it harder? And I don't really know, you know, of course, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, but I just wanted to raise it here because I'm sure some of our listeners are thinking about it and wondering about it. Um, and the one thing that I wanted to share is, you know, looking back at that research article that came out, I think last year, um, that looked at the 42 elite runners, and their experiences pre-pregnancy, during pregnancy, and postpartum, it said that 57% of them reported conceiving with decreased training loads, and that 24% were intentionally decreasing their training to increase the chances of conception. So, of course, we're talking about elite runners. I mean, they're probably like training over 20 hours a week. Um, So that does seem like that's more likely to have an impact than, you know, something less. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Do you, have you thought about that much or? Um, probably not just because like this time it's definitely not a concern of (laughs) overtraining. Um, last time I definitely was in like the best shape of my life. Um, but it is, that is an interesting thing because what happened at the end of 2020 is that my father-in-law got really ill and we went, Devin and I dropped everything and went to Alaska. He, he is still to this day, a victim of long COVID now basically had a really bizarre, mm. uh, version of COVID, uh, presented more like a, like a neuro case almost. But oh, anyway, yeah. we dropped everything and went there. I got out for some winter runs and this and that, but my training went way down. I'd been in shape all year, went way down, came back, did, uh, the sprint at challenge Daytona won my age group there. So that was fun. Um, (laughs) just a little (laughs) plug. Um, and then we were trying to conceive, didn't get pregnant that first month, got pregnant second month. Right. Well, that whole year I had been working with a macro coach, um, on, in addition to coral for my training, a macro coach for my nutrition. Right. I was really trying to opt to like optimize my, like what I ate, get toned properly, like all these things. Right. Um, cause it was supposed to be when I would attempt to qualify for Kona. Well, it was interesting because between that Alaska period and like December, January, I put on like seven to 10 pounds or something. 
and then I got pregnant. And my macro coach was like, maybe your body wanted that like couple percentages of body fat that you probably, you know, got a percent or two higher during that time. That's probably why you weighed a little more to get pregnant. Like maybe it wanted that, you know? Yeah. And so that was like an interesting thing that she mentioned that I've always like thought about. This time, I'm certainly not (laughs) worried if anything. Part of the reason I'm trying to have such a good routine right now is because I also know on the flip side of that, for anyone who's like been really sedentary or anything like that, that movement is supposed to help you conceive, you know, both for the men and the women. Um, So if anything, like I'm, because last year was such a struggle, I'm out more on the flip side of that right now where I'm like, I need consistent movement because that could help, you know? So yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. But it is an interesting um, thing to think about. And I definitely think if you're someone with really low body fat, it's probably something you would want on your radar, right? Like yeah. maybe you don't want to try change it up immediately, but if things aren't working, then maybe it's something you talk to your doctor about or figure out. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jen, we're all, you know, oh man, like it's so easy too. Cause I'm like, oh, I hope this is the time and you know, that you have good news soon, but, um, you know, anything that we can do to help you set goals, if you want to set a plan to come to Portland for a race or, <laughs> you know, whatever, yeah. whatever you can do to trick your mind to be like, yeah, it's fine either way. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Let us know what we can do and yeah. Hoping that yeah. you get good news. No, totally. And I mean, part of why I've been open to sharing and wanting to share is a part, like I'm a sharer, but B, like, I love community. And like, we, you know, we have our small, but mighty community of our listeners and all that. And I'm really excited for when we get to share, you know, after all this, get to share the good news that Jen's pregnant, everyone or whatever, like that will be so fun. And I did just want to say like one thing, because this is something I've had to tell like multiple friends and stuff. And I kind of just like wanted to remind people of this when dealing with a heavy topic like this, um, because I've had now I think four or five friends who've gotten pregnant since my miscarriage, you know, um, I think each of them have been with their seconds too. So like really, really in the same phase of life as me is that two things can exist at once. And so my joy for every friend, family member, even an acquaintance on social media or something is so real when they have that news or they share that with me or anything like that. And that can be true while I'm grieving my process and while I'm struggling. Um, And the only reason I want to throw that out is like, you know, I had one friend who was like, I was really nervous to tell you. And I was like, the biggest tragedy in any of this and me having a miscarriage wouldn't be you being pregnant and me not, it would be changing our friendship. Like that would be way more horrible. Like, please don't ever consider not telling me like, especially because my friends all know I'm someone who shares. So like, I want, I want the details if they want to give them, I'm going to be given details. So, um, I just like want to remind people of that and, but, and if you are someone who's more different than that, where you're like, I need to like distance myself, that is also okay, obviously, but just know that two things can exist. I know that like is a topic for a lot of people when they have friend who've ha- friends who are either really struggling to conceive or have had recent miscarriages, they get nervous to tell them their good news when it comes to their children or their babies. And it's like, don't stop sharing that. Don't let your friendship change because that person needs you and they probably need to feel like it hasn't changed, you know? So. Yeah. 
But. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. I know it's, it you know, people want to do the best thing they can. And I think it's really helpful. Like, it's not always, you know, it's not always on the person who went through the hard time to have to share that, but it's really helpful and amazing for you to be sharing that now so that, you know, it's like you yeah. sort of, yeah, how, I don't know, speaking for a lot of people. And I think it's super helpful. So thank you. Well, let's get into our closing segment, our Go Mamas of the Week. Go Mama. Go Mama. Go Mama. Go Mama. These can be any small triumph or thing that's making us happy. Jen, what's your positive this week? I think that my positive is going to be, um, <laughs> I know I've talked so much about Peloton since I got it, but I really love <laughs> Peloton, you guys. <laughs> Sponsor me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I but the newest feature that I found and I'm excited about is um they have these programs where you can join a program and then it will tell you like here's your schedule nice. and you can join the classes like whenever you want still in the day, but it'll be like so so okay, so for example, I joined this four week um power legs and glutes program or something like that. Right. It's called, and then it'll tell me like, you know, this week's workouts are on days one, two, and five. And then on those days, I just go and I go do the class that I want to do. But I like that it puts it like in my app. So now when I open up my app, it's like, Hey, you're due to do day two today or day, whatever. And I'm just excited about it. I like finding the new features and I like that it's going to, I think, motivate me. That'll be three workouts a week I get for the next four weeks guaranteed. And then if I hop on the bike or do a bar class or do something else or go for a walk or go for a jog, any of the other days, it's bonus. But I have like three week, three workouts a week for the next four weeks that are just planned into my like calendar. Um, and so I am excited that I clicked join and I'm excited that I've done the first two workouts this week. And, um, I think it'll just be like fun and I'm just like having fun exploring all the different Peloton features still. That's awesome. That's very cool and motivating. So fun. Yeah. Very fun. What's your go mama this week, Amy? My go mama this week is that yesterday I got to go to yoga with my sister-in-law, uh, future sister-in-law, Ashley and my brother, Carson and, um, and Nick and so Ashley, you know, they moved to town uh, in September and Ashley is like a huge yogi and she does yoga instruction at different, you know, she's ha done it at some studios in Portland, but she's not doing it right now. But she found this new studio she's going to that she really likes. And so Nick and I are doing, you know, the $50 first month trial and it's like a few blocks from Nick's office, oh which is gosh. really cool. So like yesterday we went and we did a lunch yoga class. So he left work. I went and parked at his work. So it was easier, like walked over there, did yoga, took a shower and, you know, got to see them and like had a nice little midday stretch situation. And um, so this is the second class we've done so far. And now we've got a month to like see how it goes. Um and yeah, I'm just excited because for one, I always forget or like underestimate how beneficial I think yoga can be. Obviously, it's very meditative, but also like you're totally like there was a whole, oh my gosh, my legs were burning yesterday because we were doing this routine with like, you know, single leg balances. And so I was like, okay, this is definitely strengthening my IT band 
And that is the type of thing I need of like some of those, you know, little, little things that can create big problems if you don't take care of them and strengthen them. So yeah, I think it's a fun way to like, you know, build relationship with my uh, sister-in-law and brother and, you know, get to spend time with Nick. And yeah, so I'm super excited about that. Oh, that's so fun. I love that. I can't wait to hear if you go a few more times this month and what you guys think of it. Yeah, totally. Well, that is it for our show this week. Thanks for listening. We are excited to continue to share our experiences of training through pregnancy, postpartum, trying to conceive, and with young kids. New episodes come out every Friday. If you have any topics you want us to cover or any questions for us, please find us on Instagram at momsoftriathlon or email us at momsoftriathlon at gmail.com. And then there is sort of a slow deterioration, slow deterioration. What's how? What's that word? <laughs> deterioration, I think. Deterioration, yeah, yeah. But it does sound weird saying it out loud. It I feel does. like that's one of those ones you can read Why? easier than you can say. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're getting a delivery. Oh no! But look what it is. Like. Oh my gosh, that's funny. <laughs> I was for, like, is it going to be ovulation sticks? <laughs> yeah, right. It's for, uh, we got one for like the big toilet too, in case that is novel to him and helps, or in case he wants to use his bathroom. Nice. Um, is it going to be like the kind that's like a full seat with like an insert that comes down also? Or is it like a potty? Uh, are you going to put it on and off? I think we put it on and off and it has like handles and a, and a, footrest too oh cool